You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Tegan, I help connect businesses with tech talent and today I'm your host. Hi everyone and welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by Yuga and Frederick to discuss the topic of fintech microservices. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Frederick, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, hello everyone. My name is Frederick Davies. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Kibrook. Uh, we provide a um, financial simulation engine to banks, insurance companies, and wealth managers, etc. Uh, my background is very much an engineering background, doing a lot of quantitative work within finance my entire career. Uh, spent like a third of it in working from London, uh, and now I'm, since 10 years, so I'm back in Stockholm. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Frederick. And Yugi, we'll hand it over to you. Sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Ur, and I have been in IT business for the last 11 years. Whenever I say this, I feel very old, but that's the bitter truth. And uh, I work in Belogram as an engineering manager, and Belogram offers an intelligent billing platform that improves the payment experience for companies and, and their, their own customers. Fantastic. Great introductions from you guys. Now that we've established a context to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. You all have a question or statement on fintech microservices. As usual, obviously, we'll work our way around the room, um, asking each of you guys to to pose your statement. I'll firstly read out and then you guys can elaborate on that. Um, I'd love to hear your reasons behind it. And then the other person will obviously have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So first of all, we'll start with Yuga. So it's very important for fintech companies and banks to pace up to the changes in digital game, which contains a lot of pressure in terms of catching up cutting edge new services like law changes, GDPR, newly available payment services, which might come from every direction, like growing startups or even tech giants like Apple Pay, PayPal, Amazon, Microsoft, or to catch up even di- digital currencies. All of the adaptation is very challenging for legacy systems and more straightforward for micro services, measuring increased scalability, reliability, and most importantly, availability is crucial for fintechs. Key benefits of this are agility, scalability, reusability, resilience, quicker time to market, compatibility, to be able to use full potential of cloud service providers. Frederick, how do you statement above? Uh, sorry, I just lost you there. Uh... Um, but I kick off uh, with my <laughs> uh, take. So yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there is quite a bit chunky um, statement here around transformation and time to market, et cetera. But I think those issues are really key in almost any industry um, and maybe especially so in industries with a lot of uh, still manual processes, et cetera. I mean, a lot of manufacturing stuff has been optimized for decades. But I think there's really now uh, some of the last rush to also automate and optimize a lot of uh, services being provided to historically by, by people. Um, so these are obviously very complex. So you require a wealth of, uh, I mean, a huge number of different solutions and services, right? And I think there is um, great opportunity to, to sort of accelerate time to market by using sort of legal building blocks that's out there. At the same time, I think it's very important to identify, um, you know, which one you should buy, which one you should build, uh, also to define your competitive advantage. So which is sort of commoditized and sh- 
in your perspective, and this might differ for every company, right? Depending on how you position yourself and what should you own in terms of technology. And then for, I think then predominantly for stuff you buy to also factor in how easy it is to use. So a lot of, especially APIs and stuff that pop up or building blocks pop up in new areas. Initially, they can be quite uh, technically sort of challenging to use just because they haven't evolved enough. But I think that's that's one factor that can sort of stop you from from uh, enjoying that faster time to market, which you think will be there because you buy something which is ready made, but then it's difficult to use and you know it'll hamper you at the same time. So I think it's it's important to navigate carefully. Fantastic, Frederick. That was a brilliant insight into that. Yuga, how do you feel about Frederick's take on things? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I totally agree, and I think that there there are other impacts of microservices in the organization as well. So once you have this microservice structure, I think it enables you to have to being able to have smaller teams. That means more agile approach in, in the company that you work. And another key benefit that you mentioned is scalability. So in traditional softwares like banking or, or in some other industries or B2B solutions, let's say, the amount of traffic is not really huge. So scalability is still important, but not as crucial as B2C solutions. Like one, once you have a payment product for individuals to use, then it can, and, and if it's a jack, jackpot product, there will be a lot of traffic coming in, right? So you need to scale at some point. And, my, and, and my, having microservices in place enables you to having good scalability so that you can uh, you can fulfill that traffic need and also you can measure what's going on in your system uh, you can keep it available uh, all the time because one thing is down that doesn't mean everything is down so yeah Okay, fantastic. Well, in reply to that, um, Frederick, you you stated, pace and time to market is critical. Here, I think it is also interesting to discuss how one using microservices can make sure to leverage precious investments in tech over time to avoid starting from scratch in new projects. Yuga, how do you feel about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's as you also mentioned there are or there might be new services coming in that you might want to adapt uh, and in every direction like apple pay amazon pay stripe uh, swish in sweden for instance so uh, catching up that pace is very crucial and and with microservices it's a lot easier to uh, fulfill that particular need and and uh, implement that part and making it available to uh, to specific prerequisites in that area is a lot easier and quicker. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And Frederick, how do you feel about Yuya's response to this? Uh, yeah, I think they the this is sort of related to a a challenge. I think we've seen uh, a lot, right, with customers, especially bigger organizations. So you tend to uh, build stuff. Um, and you invest a lot, right? And you may buy stuff as well to combine it into some solution for some challenge or problem you have. And then um, it, it's like 
depending on how you design that and, and if you go with the microservice architecture or not, solutions become maybe too specialized. And then when it time comes to do the next phase, the next part of the you know, uh, offer to the customer, whatever, whatever you want to do next according to your roadmap, it sometimes becomes uh, very challenging to leverage off those earlier uh, investments because you've got then, okay, you have this sort of siloed solution here, which addresses one of your customer concerns or yeah. problems, and then you want to build the next thing. And then it's like, okay, but then we have to buy some other vendor product and construct something from scratch. And I think this is a, arises because you don't do your homework carefully initially and sort of cut up the problem and divide it in, in suitable pieces to sort of have enough flexibility to support you uh, along your roadmap and not just at the current phase of your roadmap. So I think that is that is super important to to get a, that stuff. It, it's it's difficult, right? Because uh, things change or whatever. But I think you have you have to bring it into the planning phase to to have that perspective as well. Uh, and I, and I also think the other aspect you were touching upon here uh, is in terms of the organizational structure. That's the thing I've been thinking a lot of recently myself. We're quite a small team still, so but we're hopefully we will sort of scale uh, later this year and. How would you sort of, I mean, that's another perspective on the architecture really, right? With this sort of agile approach to software development, how to divide up the work between these services to also sort of ideally fit, you know, almost to the one team, one service type of um, setup, in which case you, I think you can get very self, uh, like the teams can be quite independent and they can sort of have more of an internal customer buyer approach and you have publisher interfaces and you have a more flexible internal organization as well. Uh, so that would also be interesting to to hear your thoughts on. I guess Billigram is a bigger organization uh, than we are uh, by quite a bit. So, I mean, in Billigram we are like 130 people, and the company is growing very rapidly. Yeah, actually. so you're, so you're like I, ten, I, ten times us. <laughs> yeah, but but I guess every almost every tech company we also have some legacy systems that we cut out cut out some parts of and, and, and then we renew it into new services. And uh, I totally agree about the impact of ways of working. Once you have microservice, I think you can have separation of concerns in the teams. Yeah. So that's one of the uh, biggest impacts, positive impact. And, and I think you can have uh, one domain or multiple domains in a team and, and you can have multiple services in the same team as well. But having microservices means one service can be maintained by only one team. So it will be yep. that small. Uh, yep. I think that's the that's the key benefit of separation of concerns. I think. Uh, sort of, oh yeah, sorry. I, I was wondering how how is uh, how is in your how is it in your company and how is the transition because transition is always tricky. Having this, I'm not sure if you have any monolithic architecture. But uh, if you have it already, then renewing things into microservices can be pretty challenging. Yeah, no, I think we've been lucky. So we've been um, the selling software only for about three years, or at least the development started uh, within three years. So we have had the opportunity to start with that sort of microservice idea uh, from the start. But uh, for us, it's been more like we've been one team and we're now at the stage where, you know, it could make sense to split into two teams but since everything we do is um, at sort of contains three domains really so it's maths it's finance and it's sort of high performance computing 
uh, it becomes like how would you split the team but have the same level of expertise across those three domains in both teams <laughs> which is quite uh, that's like one thing where we're thinking about now a lot and trying to organize ourselves because we we are starting to see challenges related to this slightly too big a team we're like uh, 10 people uh, in the team it's you know not everyone the communication starts to be challenging when you when you reach I think eight to ten people because then not everyone feels it be really meaningful to be in every meeting not everyone you know is aware of what happens in the team um, and then you may the risk is that you sort of you know people will not if you know you you, you have it you don't understand something you can reach out and ask for help but the problem I think is when people don't know that they need help so say for example the, the high performance compute expert doesn't realize he need to bring the maths expert into a particular problem they're solving and the maths expert wasn't on the last meeting because he thought 95 percent of that meeting concerned boring azure infrastructure <laughs> discussions <laughs> so i think that's uh, where we're experiencing that sort of split into several teams and trying to to maintain the main expertise uh, across the teams in that sort of first step of the growth journey brilliant well i think definitely what you guys have touched on above has um it, it's it holds hands quite it, quite nicely really with what i wanted to ask next because obviously you guys are both at similar points in your career um but likewise are at completely different stages with the companies that you guys are working at um i would really love to hear what kind of challenges you face with putting microservices in place so you you will come to you first if you could let me know of a of a time or share an experience that you've had yeah sure i think uh, i i have recently changed my job like 6 months ago or something and so if I speak about the two last companies that I worked, uh, getting into the microservices or cutting pieces from the old monolith and to renew is, uh, that was the big topic in both companies. And, and it is pretty, uh, I mean, it has its own challenges, but not, none of the challenges is actually about writing the code or, or because, the communication and, and the split having or having a meaningful splits in the domains is uh, one of the biggest challenges here as well because from technical point of view uh, it, it has some challenges about like how are we going to measure it how are we going to deploy it how are we going to benefit from the cloud service providers in its uh, full extent and so on but but communication and, and getting into a consensus about what will be the responsibility of which service, therefore which team and, and which domain is, uh, that's a necessary discussion and that is also taking time, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Well, I like the standpoint that you're coming from, from two separate um, companies, you know, how, how both companies dealt with it. But I suppose it really comes down to how you deal with it as a team. Am I right in thinking that? Sorry, I lost you there. 
I think it, it really it comes down to um, how you deal with it, not only as an individual, but more as a as a cross functional team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. OK, fantastic. Well, it was brilliant to hear that from you, Yuga. And Frederick, I'd love to hear if you've had any experience. Yeah, I mean, as I said, we were lucky enough to to be able to start off from a, a modern approach in this current venture. But so my experience from the monoliths are more maybe uh, the preceding years when we did mostly consulting work for big banks and insurance companies, where you had almost endless issues, uh, you know, related to them. I mean, a, a big switch bank would have like a thousand business systems at least, right? And the insurance companies maybe five, six, seven hundred. Um, and how you had these chains of systems aggregating results from other systems and you know, uh, all require manual start and stop, etc. Uh, so I really seen experienced firsthand the downside also with very siloed organizations that are tied to those systems uh, and the sort of ownership of the systems and the data and the very narrow focus of, of you know, what the first-hand user of, of, of this, that system needs and wants and maybe less uh, concerned for in, indirect background processes such as accounting or regulatory reporting with hits, you know, all the systems, but doesn't really concern the first-line users of each system, system directly, but rather like compliance or risk or supporting functions. Um, on the other hand, so, so and I think currently where we are, uh, Internally, it works quite well and we have a, a, a good understanding. I think challenges is more related to having small teams and, and uh, having one team managing one service, I think also puts requirements on the quality of people you have because you can't really, the teams are quite small, so each individual really matters a lot, right? You can't hide behind a couple of superstars that will sort of carry the team in the sense if you're bigger teams. Um, so I think that's an aspect as well, which could be challenging depending on the recruitment. Uh, and of course, I mean, the recruitment situation, at least within tech these days are pretty tough, right? Um, otherwise, other experiences is before I, we started Keybrook, uh, I was working in um, a couple of large banks in London, but there, and this was like between 2005 and 11, sort of, I think, I was lucky there that we had sort of a microservice setup, although I don't think necessarily people use the word microservice a lot, but you had the quant team which were managing the quant lib, which sort of had all the functionality for pricing and, and risk that was then integrated into the sort of internally built risk slash trading system, which were, you know, kind of another service in a sense, had a separate team. Uh, and there, I think it worked quite well. It wasn't too many teams, it was like, two to four teams that interacted in, in you know my space of work but i think it worked uh, very well with clearly defined responsibilities uh, one team one sort of service uh, and um, high quality teams etc okay fantastic and so i guess kind of to to conclude on this I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on on the benefit of implementing microservices. Obviously, we've heard about the biggest challenges and we've slightly touched on the benefits, but um, obviously you guys are both working alongside teams every day. Obviously, Frederick, you work with a, a smaller team and you, you work with a larger team. So I'd be really, really interested to hear how, you know, you've maybe adapted your way of working, whether you work, you know, 
in an agile way or whether you feel that working cross-functionally has really benefited you guys. Um, so you, you will come to you first if you could let me know any benefits that you feel of having microservices in place. Sure, I, I think scalability is the most important thing here that, that uh, you can use the full potential of cloud service providers uh, I mean, it has its own challenges as well, like concurrency or, or racing conditions uh, or, or consistency in the data sometimes, but they are solvable. Uh, and so scalability is one, uh, being able to uh, have separation of concerns in the team. So it will also allow you to go or develop faster, uh, I guess, after, after some point at least and uh, reusability of those services and uh, simplified debugging and maintenance. Uh, so things, I mean, in a smaller scope, everything will be more clearer and uh, resilience, of course. So when there, when there is a failure, it, it's easy to uh, fix it or easier to fix it comparing to a gigantic system. And also it's easier to monitor smaller things and uh, ensure their availability. So as I said earlier, one thing is down, that doesn't mean everything is down. And, um, and compatibility is easier as well, especially when you have CI CD in place. Uh, I mean, continuous integration and continuous delivery uh, with, with the containers. I guess that's all I can think of at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there, should, I mean, there should be more, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you've had a great input there. And, you know, it's clear to see that, obviously, you have experienced the highs and lows of, of microservices. And, you know, that obviously is a credit to you. And it's enabled you to pass on your knowledge to other people as well. Frederick, I'd love to hear your take on this. Uh, yeah, so I mean, even if we are a B2B company, we our products are still used live in uh, versus end customers, typically in self-service digital uh, financial guidance and advice uh, applications. So we do have an aspect of, you know, the system or platform needs to respond to increased usage and sort of keep the sort of sub-second uh, response times due to just having a nice interactive experience in the other end. Um, but we also have challenges technically when it comes to just simply raw performance because the we have a lot of data that has to be uh, pushed through compute in any of these requests uh, so it could be uh, gigabytes of data that has to go through compute um, for each request uh, so i think we benefited a lot from the microservice approach also when it comes to designing the sort of in a sense single core performance uh, even though it might be threaded uh, on, on the isolated compute node. But so where it sort of allows us to put in place caching uh, to improve performance, uh, given that we have so big data uh, sets that has to be crunched. Um, the challenge is for us to bring the data to the compute and, and, and get the aggregated responses out. But that's been a real benefit. So we can, you know, utilizing design to be able to put caching in uh, nicely. To, to enhance uh, both the sort of performance, but also then bring down the hosting costs for ourselves, of course, because it's uh, expensive to, to have a bigger machine, you have, have the more expensive. Then again, uh, I fully agree with the testing aspect. It's a lot easier to test 
and we also had a quite big testing challenge because it's everything you do calculates a number that is displayed to the end customer. Uh, so it has to be correct. Um, there's also a lot of regulation in the industry, uh, etc. So uh, it's allowed us to also be more efficient when it comes to testing. And we also employ fully automated uh, DevOps things so we can bring serve even the the resources in the cloud is brought up test runs and then you know tear down the environments etc automatically which is easier when you have a more isolated piece of functionality uh, which Microsoft represents and finally I say it's the ability to reuse um, so, so the core of our solution is this uh, simulation engine uh, which is fairly generic on its own, but then there are multiple use cases on top of that. So they can be related to pension forecasting, financial goal or planning, or you know, more wealth management thing when you look at the entire end customer balance sheet, et cetera. But having a Microsoft a microservice approach allows us to uh, reuse that core uh, simulation engine and then dress it up in different uh, use cases effectively. Um, and then we can sort of optimize that piece and then we can performance wise and it'll it's able to resolve the other more uh, customer specific use cases. Perfect. I think for you guys coming from completely separate standpoints, it's been a, a really, really great conversation today. But thanks, Frederick. I think both of you guys have raised, you know, fantastic points and provided advice to not only each other, but all of our, our audience out there. Um, and it's been really great for you guys to pass on your knowledge to, to our listeners. So we'll leave it there for today. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank both Frederick and Yuga for providing their insights into the topic and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you.